Father, we are in the midst of wolves, yet we know that your eye is upon every sparrow, and not one feather will be harmed by these wolves that you do not know about or that you allow. As we move forward seeking your will, I pray that we will move forward with confidence in the place that you have called us to serve, no matter how dark it is within this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, my children and granddaughter were able to celebrate my wife's birthday. And I just want to say that this is an answer to a big prayer for our family to be together. So thank you. God is doing a mighty work. And we will trust him and we will be dedicated to his service no matter where it is. We know that the wolves are all around us. I do not care where you think you are hiding from them, but they will find you. So it becomes a matter of God's protection, not a matter of our ability to evade. Those wolves are in our churches. They're in our schools. They're in your Christian schools. They're, they're at your home school. They are, they are everywhere. Even in the most likely of places, the least likely suspected of places in this world, places that we even think are places of light. I like what Torba had said, and I have said similar in the past, and he says this, he posts in a Gab post, anyone on the right who isn't proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, is suspect. Suspect, he says. Do you hear me? They are suspect. We are living in a day of great deception and manipulation with tools such as even artificial intelligence. So yes, there are even digital wolves in our midst. I saw a repost from Gab.com on Twitter concerning an insider that works as a Google tech. He posts on the anonymous website, I believe, 4chan. And he says, hello, everyone. This is my first time posting on 4chan. But I need to get this out. I need to stay anonymous. I work for Google. I'm not going to name the internal tech department for obvious reasons. I don't want anyone to pinpoint who I am. But I'm in tech. And I work with artificial intelligence. I'll explain. My team and I create artificial bots for Twitter. These bots are slightly different than regular AI bots. These are remote signal bots, but I'll explain what they do. My team and a human intelligence team, which is really just a propaganda team, work together to make certain topics trend and persuade public opinion, which persuades political pressure. We do this by a groupthink method. We have a name for it internally, but consensus cracking is a more used name externally. But the bots we created go into Twitter conversations and push a narrative. Some of the bots are verified accounts. And they start by arguing a point of view against someone, and then more bots join in and thumbs up the comment. We are doing it with gun control now. More people see a consensus of gun control and people on the fence get persuaded to our narrative. And politicians get pressured by thinking it's actual people. We had whole meetings about 4chan because you guys, specifically this board, 
are disrupting the bots. You are basically doing what we are doing, but you are real people. We, not necessarily me, devise a plan to knock you guys from Twitter. We accused Russia of doing what we are doing and used a narrative to wipe out suspected bots, which we knew weren't bots at all. He says, I feel like doo-doo about this. Here's the thing. I'm actually a Democrat, and I hate guns, but I believe in balance of the people more than anything. We are using software as a political tool instead of the will of the people. This is also a violation of the SEC. We are fabricating Twitter users and using them for stocks and advertisers. I signed that I wouldn't discuss this, so I need to stay anonymous. So here we see that people are in the midst of wolves and don't even realize it. Here we see that there is an infection. Now we read today in the book of Numbers, chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, they had enough sense that when there was an infection, an infection in the camp, they had to remove that infection. Otherwise, the, the camp would all get sick and it would perish. In verse 1 through 5, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, and everyone that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female, shall you put out. Without the camp shall you put them. That they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. And the children of Israel did so, and put them out without the camp. As the Lord spake unto Moses, so did the children of Israel. And the Lord spake unto Moses. So God gave them instructions of how to keep the camp from getting infected with these diseases. Now, I find it interesting that people are quick to remove themselves from the service of Christ with this idea of removing themselves from an infection. In certain certain parts of the world, uh, this is done to include public education and even the military. But they are unwilling to remove themselves from the Ichabod churches that oftentimes do more harmful things against the kingdom as they preach a false gospel. Here in this passage in the book of Numbers, we're talking about where the people of God resided, where the people of God worshipped, and the importance of keeping these places of worship clean and without infection. Yet people are more concerned with keeping the outside of the camp, where we put those infections, where we expect those infections to be, they think that they're going to be able to cleanse themselves from the outside versus that which is in the inside. And this is backwards. At least at the public schools, they're not proclaiming to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. These Ichabod churches are doing more harmful things against the kingdom as they preach a false gospel or hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. Mike Winger on Gab replies, it is, this, it is the same with my church. I'm staying for a while longer to see if the head servants will repent. I have upset many of them, including my pastor, that refused to look me in the face for a year because he was a fearing man, because he was fearing man and not God. Heather Ann said, says, it sounds like my church. I, I was asked not to serve with the middle schoolers because I called out big issues. She says, God has not released me from the church. 
and I continue to love on those who are teaching in open hypocrisy. I can see my love makes them uncomfortable, and I hope God uses it to wake them up. Now, my sister in Christ, you have mentioned a very important phrase here, and that is, God has not released me. Because you are in a church that you have self-admitted that is an open hypocrisy without repentance. The camp is infected. They are holding the truth in unrighteousness. And at this point, you are in the midst of wolves. So I ask you, my dear sister, what's a, which is a more dangerous wolf for your children to be in the midst of? A straight wolf or a wolf in sheep clothing? I too can relate to this phrase that God did not release me. He did not release me from my kingdom service within the army for 22 years. I was in the midst of wolves, which is the title of today's episode number 122, Midst of Wolves. I read this morning, Pedro Martin says, Serve Christ, not the United States. I am a veteran. I, know, I not only served as an enlisted grunt, I also served in a government capacity for nearly 20 continuous years of war, placing me on four continents. The abomination we currently have is not the same United States for which I volunteered in 1990. It's not the United States to which I went back to serve after 9-11. It's a debauched shell of its former glorious self. Ask your children who want to join the military, who is more important to you, child groomers in the Pentagon or Jesus Christ? If they tell you Jesus Christ, explain why they can't serve in the United States military. To do so is to defy God himself. Why? Because everything the United States military stands for today is antithetical to God. From the promotion of transgender children to anti-white hatred to pornography to usury, there's nothing good about the mission of the modern United States military, he says. He says, if your children need to fill a service void in their hearts, tell them to serve the word of God, not the dictates of petty political men. Encourage them to join a faithful church and serve Christ. Today, the U.S. military can gain you death for a cause that is immoral. Serving Christ can gain you everlasting life for a cause that is blessed. Now I too was a veteran for 22 years with grunt time under my belt and I told this brother that in a reply and I fully echo his call to serve Christ. But we must understand this. My service in the army was a mission field for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God our Savior. And all I will say is this, my friends, pray about it. Pray about all things to include your education, to include military service if God is speaking to your heart on that matter. Pray about it. Never rule out kingdom service anywhere. I detailed the fruit of my calling to serve Christ in the military within my book, A Soldier's Progress. This brother and the rest of us must remember the interaction that the Lord had with the centurions. One of them, he said, he had not seen so great a faith in all of Israel. Yet they served in the Antichrist Roman military. He didn't tell them to leave their service. He told them to do no violence to no, 
to man anymore. In other words, do not be going into villages raping and pillaging. Be an example for Christ. Preach the word of God to your fellow soldiers. But do not get me wrong. I fully feel the angst from this brother as he pens his words. And I only wish him Godspeed and for him to keep up the good fight. But we must seek the will of God, even if he calls us to become missionaries in a place of darkness. Even if it's in the place in the midst of wolves, and the, the wolves are everywhere. Go where God would have you to serve. Their curses cannot touch us if we seek the power of Christ and we go by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. He will deliver us from evil. He will not lead us into temptation if we seek him. Once upon a time, there actually were such things as curses, holy curses, that is. In verse 23, Numbers 5, And the priest shall write these curses in a book, and he shall blot them out with a with the bitter water. I'm here to tell you, my friends, for those who are in Christ, we are thankful because he became cursed for us, Jesus Christ. It is finished. We are curse-free in him. And once you become a kingdom nationalist, once you understand that you are curse-free and that these curses can no longer touch us, you could serve Christ anywhere to include hell if it were possible. Now, thankfully, hell is not on the table of service for God's people because Jesus Christ already served there for us. He has justified us. You say, well, how has he justified us? By faith. Well, how do you, how do you know if you have this faith? Do you have the peace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord? We read Romans chapter 5 today. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved by the grace of God. And how do we answer this grace? By faith. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3 says, we glory in tribulation. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. It says that we glory in tribulations, not write best-selling fictional series that say Christian Americans will not have to go through tribulation. Tribulation or not, I am unashamed. Why? Because I have hope in Jesus Christ. Because I have the love of God in my heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that leads me and guides me and opens and closes the doors concerning God's will in this life. No matter if it's service in a dark place. No matter if it's a service in the midst of wolves. Verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Some say, Andrew, I don't know if I can serve in a dark place. I don't know if I can stomach being in the midst of wolves. I'm rather at a low point in my life. You may be at a low point in your life, my friend, but I want you to know this. God is near. Verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Many of these same ungodly people are our enemies. You do not have to be someone's friend 
in order to love them. Has not God loved us sinners in verse 8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? It is through this great sacrifice on the cross that our faith has been secured, the faith that we have been justified by, the faith that comes by the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That means all wrath. No wolf could touch a hair on our head unless God allows him to, and that includes your children. We must live by faith. The same faith that we have been justified is a free gift. If you don't think it's a free gift, what is verse 15 saying? But not as the offense also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. The question is, are you among this many? We continue to read in verses 16 through 17, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. He is the only one. Verse 18, Therefore as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And it's here that we become a friend of God. A friend of God. You say, why do I become a friend of God? Obey Christ, my friends. Verse 14, John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. That includes if he tells you to go represent him and be a witness for him in a public school. This means if he tells you to be a representative of him, an ambassador of him in the military. Notice that God loves his enemies called sinners with, these, with this hope of reconciliation. And you and I never know which of our enemies will become a brother in Christ. So we might as well start loving them now. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now I will ask you again, which is more powerful, sin and darkness or grace and light? Verse 20 through 21, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace is stronger, my friends. Verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through the righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Dusleski too on Gab says, Amen. Greater is he that is living in us than he who is living in the world. The maker of the house is greater than the house. And is always looking at repairing his habitation. Jesus Christ is our sanctifier and will complete the work that he started. Let's yield ourselves to him and be changed forever. And he says, much love. Well, much love back to you, my brother. And I know this and I rejoice with you and know that all that is Antichrist will be destroyed. Isaiah 27, we read today, verse 1. In that day, the Lord, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing servant, even Leviathan, that crooked servant, 
and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. This wicked dragon that has transformed itself into a counterfeit church and is filled with wolves is not to be confused with the church. The body of Christ who is the true Israel. Verse 6, and he shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Kokomo on Gab says a mind opener when understood, but a hard one for many to understand after decades of programming. And just think, Kokomo, now they program us with artificial bots. He says, as I've said before, understand this truth and the doctrine of predestination properly and you will unlock many mysteries of the Bible. Although if truth be told, they are right in front of us. Plain as day, my brother, plain as day. But here we, our views, many people's views are skewed because of the counterfeit dead branches that block the way of our sight. But these same counterfeit and dead branches will soon be purged. So take notes, commercial and consumer Christianity that consists of entertained pew dwellers. Verse 11, when the bows thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore, he that made them will not have mercy on them. And he that formed them will show them no favor. The last trump is coming, my friends. Hence the word last. Verse 13, and it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcast in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. When that last trump sounds, it's too late. We must surrender to Jesus Christ right now. And hey, Christian, I've got a question. Why can God call his people to be missionaries to a barbarous, murderous, and cannibalistic people? Yet he cannot call his people, including children, to serve him in the public schools and or military. Have you ever thought that maybe God does not call you to bring Christ to a godless people because you have no Christ inside of you to bring to them? Acts 751, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you. Yeah, I know, my friends. My preaching of the gospel would clear out 90% of the American churches, thus clearing out a near 100% of the wolves. If only that would happen, we would see revival once again. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and company's sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. 
Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for His glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.